Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey. Happy Halloween, I guess. You'll be listening to this. Well, if you listen to it on the day it comes out, you'll be listening to it on Halloween. I hope everyone has a nice Halloween. I don't really fuck with Halloween. I never really liked Halloween that much. But now that I don't drink, I especially don't care for Halloween. Um, I will be going to a museum. I have plans to go to a museum with a friend today. So, well, tomorrow for me. You know what I mean. So that's fun. I'm also podcasting tomorrow night. And I'm hoping by 8 p.m. the trick-or-treating will be done because you guys know how Cookie loves to bark. So Halloween is really hard for her. The thing is, though, Cookie, like, fucking loves kids. So she's, like overcome with needing to bark at people at the door but also like hype that her friends are coming over (laughs) it's really cute sometimes I'll be walking cookie and like the little kids in the neighborhood will run up and be like like one time one said oh can I pet cookie I'm her friend it's okay it was so cute (laughs) oh god like she would let a, a child put its whole face in her mouth and she would just lick and not bite like she's that type of dog and like other dogs that I've had that um we're not great around children to the point where one bit a child at one point whoops not hard and it was just like on their arm it, nothing like it didn't even break skin but it wasn't good <laughs> anyway Halloween is fun for little kids or if you like to drink I don't some people love Halloween I actually feel like I'm embracing Halloween more because I like fall so I'm embracing like I like pumpkins I like witchy aesthetics if you will um but I just don't love dressing up in costume I guess and like doing Halloweeny type stuff I don't think that should be that big of a surprise people listen to this podcast but anyway how are we there's some drama in teen mom world this week so let's start first things first um it came out that Andrew is asking for Amber to get a hair follicle test because she dropped they had like a you know a custody exchange whatever you call it and Amber appeared to be like really fucking high and paranoid and weird and according to Andrew he has seen her um doing meth in the past and he thinks she was on meth okay here how do I want to talk about this So first of all, I will say the article was like in the sun, which is the new teen mom paper record for whatever reason. Um, They wrote it kind of confusing. They wrote that like Andrew's been accusing her of using using since her pregnancy. And the way it reads in like the headline is like he's accusing her of using meth while pregnant. But that's not actually what was happening. I've also seen some people be like, well, if if he says that she was using through her pregnancy, why is it just coming up now? And like, once again, that's not what's happening. So what is happening basically is that Andrew has, you know, filed this motion. When you file these motions, you include evidence and support, right? And like one of Andrew's like evidences, that's not (laughs) how to say that. One of Andrew's like compelling arguments is that Amber has had a long history of substance abuse, including using while she's pregnant. So that's not new. I mean, we may not have seen that claim before, but like 
the idea of Andrew telling the court that Amber has a substance abuse history, like, that's not new. That's been part of this shit the whole time. I am positive that pregnancy bit has been included in the previous custody motions. We don't see everything that happens. You know what I mean? Like, not every single thing in their court case is public. We don't know all of the details. So you bet your bottom dollar that that has been included before. You just bring it up at this point, you, Andrew, just brings it up at this point because it's relevant to the current motion that he's filing. You know, it's like, here's why we believe that the hair follicle test should be done. Um, I saw some comments like, well, what was Andrew doing while she was smoking meth? Like, I don't know, watching her smoke meth. Like, I, I don't say this is a defense of Andrew, but like a ton of people are in relationships with people who use certain drugs and they don't use them themselves. I was with a heroin addict for many, many, many years before I ever tried it. And then at one point I like tried it once and then didn't do it again for like two to three years. Like, just because you're with someone who's doing a drug doesn't mean you're doing it too. Um, Andrew does have a history of substance abuse issues himself. I kind of forgot about this, but he at one point was arrested with do like heroin on him. So I don't know what's up with that, but we don't like, we don't really know that much about Andrew, but Andrew's like QAnon now. He's a real wackadoodle. And apparently he's hooking up with some girl that hooked up with David when David and Janelle were split, which is like, can you come on my podcast? If you... <laughs> If you are the girl <laughs> that has now fucked David and Andrew, like, please come on this podcast so we can talk about it. Because I've got some fucking questions for you. <laughs> I'm not saying any of this is a defense of Andrew, and I'm not sure that I trust Andrew. But, like, I don't find it hard to believe that Amber was smoking meth. So let's talk about this. I saw a lot of comments that were like, um, actually, there's no way that Amber does meth. Why not? Why not, guys? Why is there no way that Amber does meth? Because you see her sit on the couch on Teen Mom? That that doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, I, I need people to understand that, like, especially what we see of Amber is so so limited. We truly see like 14 minutes of Amber's life a month. Like she films so little. If you actually look at like what Amber's filming, it's so little. So the idea that just because she seems like sedated while she's filming scenes of Teen Mom means that she can't smoke meth is just not true. It's just not accurate. Um, it doesn't work like that. Um, also, I think that meth is so stigmatized that people like really have no idea how it's work. I've never taken meth directly. I've taken meth in ecstasy. If you did ecstasy in the 2000s or the 90s, you've done meth probably. Um, I would imagine if you've done Molly, you've done meth. Unless you're getting like fucking pure rock Molly, like you've probably done meth. Because the reason is meth is a like a, a drug that can be used recreationally. It's so, so, so stigmatized that like we're taught if you smoke meth once, like all of your teeth will immediately fall out of your head and you'll be so addicted and you'll never, <laughs> you'll never amount to anything and you'll just be like a fucking crazy meth head, right? Like that's kind of how we talk about meth as a society, but there are actually a lot of people who do meth recreationally. It's just not really talked about. Um, it's a party drug. They put it in ecstasy because it makes you up and makes you want to dance and have sex and have fun. Like meth is a party drug. Um, it also gives you energy. Like there are a lot of people that use meth and aren't meth addicts. 
I would believe that Amber occasionally uses meth. Like that to me wouldn't be hard to believe. Now, is it possible that Amber never uses meth? Absolutely. I don't fucking know. But like, I don't find it so crazy to think that Amber does meth because she sits on the couch a lot. First of all, like uh, drugs, drugs don't like (laughs) just because we sit or see her sitting on the couch doesn't mean that one, she doesn't do certain type of drugs. I don't know how exact I feel like I'm being repetitive now, but Amber stays up all night long, first of all. We know that, right? We know that she stays up all night long. Um, She seems to stay up for long periods of time occasionally. Now, the thing is, she also has bipolar disorder, which causes mania. And mania can look a lot like meth. So is it possible that Amber is like off her bipolar medicine and was having a manic episode when she saw Andrew? Sure. But like if Amber had, if Matt, excuse me, if Matt has in fact witnessed Amber smoking meth in the past, which I believe, I guess, I don't find it hard to believe that she's now doing this. Um, There are a lot of drug addicts that like cycle through the types of drugs they use and mix and match. And, you know, maybe she doesn't have a reliable source for meth. Maybe it's not her favorite and she just does it if she can't do XYZ. Um, I did see a lot of people speculate like she's probably on Adderall and he's confused and no guys. No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Adderall and meth are not the same thing. I know everybody likes to be like, they're one molecule different. No. Adderall and meth are not the same thing. They do not. I saw a bunch of people on Reddit saying they show up the same on drug tests. No, they do not. Adderall is an am- amphetamine. Meth is methamphetamine. They are two different substances. If you look at a drug test, like a nine panel drug test, there will be a slot for amphetamines and a slot for methamphetamines. They look different. Um, Are they like that, that, that different in your body? No, but like, no, but yes. I I don't think he has it confused for Adderall. Um, I also don't think I saw some people asking like, do you think that maybe she like ran out of her scripted Adderall and then decided to do meth? Like, no, there's not really an Adderall to meth pipeline. Honestly, like if you're out of Adderall, you're more likely to try and get Coke would be my guess. Um, because meth is so stigmatized, you know, like it's just, I don't know. I think that if, if Matt, if Matt, have I been saying Matt this whole time? I think I might've been saying Matt. (laughs) If Andrew saw Amber smoking meth or however she was doing meth, um, I think he knows what it was. Like, I I feel comfortable saying that he is not, like, confusing things with Adderall. I would be pretty surprised if Amber had an Adderall prescription. Like, pretty surprised. I, I guess not. I don't know. Doctor shopping is fucking real. Some people can find a doctor to write them anything. So I guess it wouldn't be that out of the question. I would just be pretty surprised. Um, If you watch Amber's lives when there are times where she definitely appears to be high on meth, like or high on some sort of stimulant or upper and she's acting really bizarre. That could be anything. Here's the other thing that like. I think it's really hard to speculate like what Amber's on or possibly on because of her mental health issues and like the medication that she's probably on. I see people, including Andrew in this complaint, talk about like the size of her pupils. But like I I don't really like judging on pupil sizes that much because 
she could be on like some heavy psych meds. That's why like this season is so weird because she really seems high, like sedated high. Like she seems really high on opiates. There are times where I'm like, is she going to not out? But she could just be like on a serious antipsychotic that is really, you know, making it like having really strong side effects that are giving the appearance appearance of looking like she's high. So I don't know. I don't think Andrew is like some trustworthy source. Do I think that this could have happened? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do. I think that Amber is unreliable. I think that Amber is not trustworthy. And I think that Amber has shown that she still does drugs. Like I, I just find it hard to believe that Amber's sober. Now, Amber's response to why she shouldn't have to do this hair follicle test is because she gets her monthly uh like urine analysis through probation. But we've talked about this before. Um, one, I'm like not so convinced that she actually gets them done monthly, especially in the era of COVID. Amber is a low level offender. Like she is low on the list. Um, it's very possible that she gets her drug tests on it on the same day every month, especially for a probation officer just like isn't that concerned about her so if you do a drug like meth that leaves your system really fucking quickly and you could be abusing drugs like meth coke opiates um like taking them recreationally and still passing drug tests if you know what day you're going to pass the drug test it's also possible that like occasionally she's just like she you know what I mean like where some months she's doing really well so it's easy for her to pass a drug test and then she'll have like two bad months and she really has to try hard to pass a drug test maybe her PO doesn't follow her into the bathroom and she fakes all of her UAs you know what I mean like P tests are the easiest drug tests to fake now for some it's really hard like if you're on drug court and you're on a color-coded system which is like Every day you get a color and every day you call in to your PO at a certain time, like on to this hotline. And if your color is selected, like you have to go get a, a drug test within two hours, I think, of you calling in. Like if you're on that type of probation and and they're calling your number a lot, like it's harder. It's definitely harder, but it's not impossible. There are a lot of people <laughs> that manage to say hi on probation. Um I would be surprised if she'd been abusing hard drugs the entire time just because that's hard to maintain for a long period of time, you know, like that it's not easy to continuously pass them, but it wouldn't be hard for me to believe that she goes through little spurts of it. Um, and so why is he asking for a hair analysis if you're a hair follicle test is because if you didn't know this, they can test your hair for drugs and it goes back far I think over six months a UA it's as long as drugs are in your system and you're peeing them out so for something like weed which stays in your system for some people for more than 30 days like it's pretty it's actually weed is probably one of the hardest things to get out of your system for a drug test but something like meth or coke or even opiates leave your system pretty quickly like within a couple days if not less for a lot of them so, but a hair follicle test, like that shit is not going anywhere. Um, you can shave your head bald, but they'll pull a hair follicle from somewhere else on your body. You would have to be completely hairless, I guess, to get around that. Then you would probably count as a failure. Um, I'll be curious to see what the judge decides. I think that Amber's defense has a pretty compelling reason to not do the hair follicle test. Like I think saying like, yo, we pass this drug test every single month. Like this is outrageous. This is an abuse of the system. 
by Andrew. Like, I I think that's pretty compelling if I was a judge and I saw that and I saw that Amber complies with most of the stuff that she's supposed to. I think that I would be unlikely to order a hair follicle test. But if I look a little further into it and they I realize like she's not going to most of her visits or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever other supporting claims Andrew has, then I would probably order it. Um, I think that with Andrew's arrest history, I don't think it would hurt to order one for both of them. <laughs> I don't know. Poor little baby James. Poor little baby James. I did see someone on my Instagram comments make a good point that like Andrew wants to move to California and he might do anything he can to move there. I don't think that's a bad point. You know, I don't think that it's a bad point. <laughs> but as someone that loves drama and really does not like Amber, I would like to see her have to take a hair follicle test. <laughs> they also, I don't think for probation, they send your UA to a lab. Actually, I don't know. So I don't know if you guys know this, but like there's two types of ways that you can do like a urine analysis test. And one is you just pee in a cup and you look at the cup and the cup. They have like different versions of this. You can get one that just tests for weed. You can get one that just tests for like three drugs. You can get one that tests for like 10 drugs. Those are the panels. So it's possible they just have those cups that are paneled. And then if you pass, you pass. And then they only send it to the lab if there's some sort of issue. Like if it's like... um. If it's like if you try and beat one thing is if you try and um like flush out all of your your system by like drinking too much dilute it that's what I'm looking for if they feel like you're trying to dilute your drug test they will um send it to a lab and usually a dilution means a failure because like you're tampering with your drug test right um so I think they pro my guess would be they probably only send it to the lab if there's like some sort of issue or they're they're suspicious of something because sending it to the lab is expensive um but if you send a, a ua to the lab a urine analysis they can test that shit like they can get a lot more accurate results they can find out if you're using like a therapeutic level of your medicine etc cetera, etc cetera. and that's what they're able to do with hair follicle tests like they get a lot of information out of that they, they know how many cigarettes you're smoking like that type of thing like they can see what the levels are in it at the laboratory um that's how rehabs make a lot of money by opening their own labs and then billing insurance for the the lab tests of the UA. When I um, worked in a halfway house and we had like self-pay patients or yeah, self-pay. So in the halfway house I lived in, um, they had their own lab. But even before they had their own lab, they got a kickback from the lab that they were using. And if you used their intensive outpatient program you got drug tested like a bunch more times a week and they would send your drug tests to the lab and each one that went to the lab they would bill fifteen hundred dollars for and then your rent got paid <laughs> you didn't have to pay your own rent but the people that were like cash paying for the house like were paying their own rent they would only get you a test once a week on the cup and then it got poured out and like went away like the people that went to the lab there's this whole system they got shipped off to the lab like that's how you know it's a fucking scam because if it was that important to go to the lab every single person would be going to the lab but they don't need to because they they weren't sending people's UAs to the lab if they weren't getting their rent paid 
Um, that might be a little confusing. You should go to pay my Patreon and listen to my episode on rehabs. You should just go to my Patreon anyway. Tomorrow's going to be the first of the month. Great time to sign up for Patreon. Um, last week I did an episode on Bam's Unholy Union. This upcoming week, I believe, will be an episode on Colleen Ballinger, a.k.a. Miranda Sings. And I hope, I'm hope i hoping the next week is Celebrity Rehab Season 3, which has been pushed because of scheduling issues. But I think we're finally going to get to record. So I'm really excited about that. You should go to patreon.com slash Explains. Okay, let's take a little break. And then we'll talk about the other drama of the week. Okay, so this one... Bear with me. I don't understand insurance, so I'm not going to pretend like I do, but Kale and Chris are having a big fight. I need to not lay down. The thing with this portable mic is that I can lay straight down and then I get too tired. I need to sit up. Okay, so Chris... Okay, what happened? Chris went on vacation this week to Miami, which pissed Kale off. Kale then got on her Instagram stories, as she loves to do, and basically posted some shit that was like, well, so you can go to Miami, but you can't pay a $50 copay for your son's health insurance. Ah, uh, look, is Kale abusive to Chris? Yes. But is Chris seemingly a deadbeat? Also, yes. <laughs> it, ju- it just is what it is. He's not that involved in his kids' lives. The fact that she, I like, I see a lot of people online that are like, well, she has the money. She should pay for it. Okay, but like he should be able to pay $50 for his kid's insurance copay considering he pays like $40 a week in child support. Um, I also see a lot of like, well, Kale had two babies with him knowing how he is. Yeah, agreed. But that doesn't like I don't understand that logic for excusing a man for not being there for his children. It's the same thing with uh, Devoin and Bree. And it's like, well, the mom can afford it, so who cares? It's like, okay, so if you get with a rich person, you get to just, like, bounce out of any financial responsibility for your children. I just, I think that's fucked up. And I would imagine in their court order, it says that Chris is supposed to be splitting insurance costs with her. Um, So that happens. People are going back and forth, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, people truly, look. Kale fucking sucks, but like the means and the ways and the lengths people go to hate her just baffle me, honestly. Like the shit they'll defend in order to hate Kale, I just can't, I can't understand. They'll be like, oh, so Chris shouldn't be allowed to take a vacation? And it's like, no, I guess not because he has two kids, supposedly a third on the way. He doesn't have a job. So no, he probably shouldn't be on vacation. (laughs) Like, he probably shouldn't be on vacation and I saw some other people that were like well he would have a job if Kale didn't stop filming for Teen Mom um okay but like Chris was just going to start filming for Teen Mom this year I mean Lux is four like why do you I I don't really understand just like not working when you have like financial responsibilities like children also like why the fuck are you about to have a third baby if you can't even afford the insurance copays for one of your kids and I'm not saying that like people that can't afford things shouldn't be allowed to have children I don't that's not what I'm saying like poor people are allowed to have kids and when people get into this like talk of how they shouldn't be it honestly veers into eugenics that's not what I'm saying but like 
when you have kids, there is a sacrifice that you make. And nobody forced Chris to have those kids with Kale. I'm sorry. Lux, sure, it's an accident. Although, according to Kale, she had like multiple miscarriages with uh, Chris before Lux was born. So you would think after that first miscarriage, you would start wearing a condom. Or maybe stop having sex with the person that you don't want to have kids with when you've already gotten them pregnant once. Just, Just an idea. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't want to have a child with someone and you're repeatedly getting them pregnant, maybe stop fucking them. How can we like never look at it? It's all about how Kale shouldn't be with Chris and Kale deserves this because she knew what Chris was like. It's always that, but it's never like, so why is Chris still fucking someone when he doesn't want to take care of those kids? He knows that Kale's going to get pregnant. She's gotten pregnant like four times by him, according to her, at least twice. You know what I mean? Like at least twice we know because she has two living children with him. So like if you don't want to like continue to have kids with someone, stop fucking them without a condom, especially because clearly he's not wearing condoms. There's no way that she's having this many like condom uh, accidental babies. You know what I mean? Like birth control fails. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Condoms fail. I'm not saying that they don't, but not that many times. And then don't go and have unprotected sex again with somebody else and have a third baby on the way. Just don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and like he, as I don't know, it seems like really, I like somebody co- made a post on Reddit recently that was like, does Chris have a job? And there was lots of comments that were like, no, no, no. And then somebody was like, I think he might be working in a plant. Well, first they said, I think he's a plant job. And I'm so stupid. I thought they were like trying to infer that he or not infer, imply that he sells weed. I was like a plant job, like weed. I'm so stupid. And then I was like, like a nursery. And then I realized that meant meant like an industrial plant. (laughs) And I only realized that by reading someone else's comment. I'm so fucking dumb. But Honestly, like, it, that's great. Like, if he's working at an industrial plant and he's working, like, good for him. No no qualms for me. But uh, most of the comments seem to imply that they listen to his podcast. He has no job. He volunteers at a boxing ring or boxing gym so that he can get free lessons. And that's and he does this podcast, neither of which make him money. And it's like, when you have children, you don't, like, get to just not work. <laughs> Like if if there are reasons for you not to have a job, I like there is nuance to this conversation. I totally understand that. I'm not shaming people that are unable to work. That's what I'm saying. But as far as we know, like Chris is able to work and he seems to choose to not work. And like, I'm going to judge you for that. If you can't afford to pay for your kids, but you're also like not actively trying to work and there's not like you don't have a disability or something that's preventing you from work. I really hope that you guys know what I mean by this. I don't like the way it sounds coming out of my mouth. I don't love like shaming people for not working. Um, You know, it's all kind of bullshit. But at the same time, it's like those kids deserve to have a father that is trying to support them, Um, especially if he's like not really doing it. Also, have you ever noticed that like Chris seems to really only be involved with Lux? I don't know. I guess he's posting more with Creed now. But it's always about Lux. Like, apparently, he claimed Lux on his taxes, but not Creed. Although, maybe that was before Creed was born. Apparently, he claimed Lux one year, which is not right. <laughs> Lux doesn't live with him. And Chris pays very, very little child support. Lux is not Chris's dependent. 
I'm sure, I hope, Kale then filed and fixed that. Because if two people file for the same kid, they'll check. And then, like, they're going to audit you. So this happens. There's lots of support for Chris and how Chris is allowed to go on vacation. And um, don't shame Chris, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but a lot of people are like, including me, it's like, well, yeah, why can't he pay a $50 copay? Not saying $50 doesn't mean anything, but like when you are not the primary parent for your child, it's not unreasonable to expect you to pay a copay. Like that's not an unreasonable expectation. So Chris then does some Q&A in which he says he, let me find exactly what it is. He says he's on Medicaid and Chris, or Chris wants the kid, the boys on Medicaid, but Kale refuses to put the boys on Medicaid because if he does, like, be oh, because Kale says, like, her kids are too good to be on Medicaid. I don't really know here. Let me find the exact. So Teen Mom Shade Room underscore is the account that, like, reposted this. And their caption said, the insurance, according to Chris, was indeed Medicaid that Kale didn't want her children on. So... Chris had done like a Q&A and they said, when you too good for Medicaid is on you or affordable coverage, don't want it, then you don't pay for it. What? That's not, I don't know. Uh, That doesn't make any, (laughs) that's like what somebody else, I don't know, disregard that. But basically, (laughs) Chris is posting these questions implying that Kale says that like her kids are too good for Medicaid now. My understanding of Medicaid, I like if Chris is on Medicaid, great. I think everybody should have Medicaid. I really don't give a fuck if he's on Medicaid. That's great. I hope it works for him. That's good that he has healthcare coverage. Cool. My understanding of dependence on Medicaid is that they qualify via their parents slash their household. I find it very hard to believe that they legally are part of Chris's household. I find it very, very hard to believe that Kale's letting them claim both the kids on his taxes. Also, like, legally, is he even allowed to be claiming those kids on his taxes? They spend, like, every other weekend with him, if that. They do not spend 50-50 with Chris. They do not spend 50% of their time with Chris. And I'm pretty sure to be a dependent, you have to have them at least 50. Let me check that, actually. Yeah, the IRS straight up says the kid has to live with you for half the year. His kids don't live with him for half the year. So if he's claiming them as part of his household, he's committing fraud right there, which, okay, I don't, like, I don't really care if people commit tax fraud. Like, It's not like something I really actively care about, but like that, that's just what it is. So Kale's kids just don't qualify for Medicaid as far as I understand. Um, I did see a lot of people talk about like if they're on his Medicaid that it can be the secondary insurance and then the secondary insurance would cover the copay that the primary insurance, her private insurance doesn't cover. But from what I can tell, they don't qualify for Medicaid at all. Like he cannot claim them as his dependents so they cannot be on Medicaid under his household. Like so I don't blame Kale for not going along with like Chris committing tax fraud involving her children like I think that's fine it's it's okay Medicaid is incredible insurance for children as far as I understand they basically cover everything I am like I said I'm so pro Medicaid for all I just like don't I don't see the problem in Kale's kids not being on Medicaid and her expecting Chris to pay for copays for the kids I, I just don't see the problem in that and I think people bend over backwards to support Chris because they fucking hate Kale and 
that's just that's how I see it a lot of the times like I think Chris is a victim of kale in a lot of ways obviously but I also think Chris likes the drama of posting online as much as she does I think Chris likes like he likes to be in the public eye now like she does I think both of them are just like addicted to the chaos I I'm really worried about like what the third child involved in this is going to be um I'm worried for that mother's sake <laughs> that she's gonna have to deal with Kale and Chris's bullshit I I I worry for them honestly I just as far like this is just to me it just seems like such non-drama like if Kale said her kids are too good for Medicaid then like yeah fuck her right like no kids are nobody's too good for Medicaid like fuck you if that's what you think but I don't see the problem in Kale being like, no, you can't claim your my kids that I'm pretty sure Chris doesn't even have custody of. Like, I'm pretty sure Kale has full legal custody and Chris has visitation. Like, I'm it's not a big deal if she's like, no, you can't claim my kids on your taxes because you can't legally claim them. So they can't get Medicaid. So we can't list Medicaid as their secondary insurance. I, I just don't see the issue with that. <laughs> And if that makes me a Kale supporter, then so be it. All right, let's get into this week's episodes. By the way, I'm reading Hunger Games for the first time. I'm a little old. Did I talk about this? Oh, maybe I talked about I was on Princess's Patreon last week, by the way, if you want to listen. But I think I talked about this there. But I'm reading Hunger Games. I watched the movie, which I've seen before, but not in a while. I watched the movie and I was like, you know what? I like the world building in this and I bet there's a lot better world building like when you read the books and I like went online I was trying to figure out like stuff about the districts and I was like I think it's just time to read the books and I'm halfway through book two and I love them I sobbed last night in the bathtub while I was reading um district 11 saluting (laughs) Katniss after her little speech when they did the whistle and then they did the the district 12 salute I just I love it I love it so much it's so good can't believe I never read them before I'm really not into fantasy or dystopian stuff or even young adult but I gotta say guys I I have a hot take Hunger Games good they're good (laughs) that has nothing to do with Teen Mom but that's just I just want you all to know that that's the journey I'm on and I'm like ready to not be reading that or recording this anymore so I can read more although really I should go to for a walk because my back hurts my car is also getting inspected right now which by the way Pennsylvania is so fucking annoying I have to get my car inspected every year you don't have to get your car inspected at all in Florida which is obvious because people drive around in cars that should not be on the road because they're absolutely totaled like you would never see the state of cars in Florida driving on the road in Pennsylvania because they wouldn't pass inspection. But I'm my car's getting inspected and I'm positive they're going to call and tell me that I need more work done because I think they did last year and I think I ignored it and then still haven't done anything. So I'm just like waiting on edge for that to happen. They're going to call and hopefully say your car passed inspection. There's not really a reason it shouldn't. My car's like less than 10 years old and doesn't have 100,000 miles on it. They're going to say, but your brake pads need to be replaced, blah, 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 which is always fun, right? So that's my day, waiting for my car to be fixed. Um, Okay, so let's talk about teen mom. Let's talk about teen mom young and pregnant first. Should we do that? We don't usually do that. Okay, we can start with Brie, who has a lot of people in her life. (laughs) 
that want to spend a lot of time with her. <laughs> Brie is seeing a new guy named Briggs. He's cute, according to her mom and Brie herself. Briggs is not her usual type. He's like tall and bigger. Usually she's with like shorter, slimmer guys. He looked cute in the one picture we saw. And Briggs is not going to be on camera. They broke the fourth wall. I was pretty surprised. They don't usually do that on Young and Pregnant. But basically, she says we want to take it slow. Speaking of taking it slow. So it's Halloween. Um, Leah posted her family Halloween pictures. And guess who's in a family costume? That's right. Her new boyfriend, whose name I don't remember. <laughs> it's just like, look, is it the biggest deal for him to be like celebrating Halloween with them no Halloween is like not a serious family holiday I'm not saying that but like she's been with this guy for less than three months at this point (laughs) and he's doing family costumes already with her children it's a problem I'm sorry it just is she exposes her kids to a lot of her relationships in a way that's inappropriate At three months, you should not be doing full-blown family costumes with somebody else's children. You shouldn't. That's uh, 99% of the time, that's my rule. You know, I'm sure there's an exception to every rule, sure. But it's just, it's worrisome. You have three young daughters and it's worrisome to be exposing them to men. I'm not saying this man is going to do anything, but it's like a continued pattern of hers that she's unable to break. I would be shocked if he's not living with them. Like, shocked. I mean, maybe... I hope that he's like kind of forcing her to take it more slow and has not moved in. But I would bet money that he's living there or spending like long periods of time there. Just like when she wasn't living with Jason, but she absolutely was living with him. I think it's probably like that. (sighs) Leah breaking cycles every day, baby. (laughs) Um, But Bree's storyline is basically she's seen this new guy and her friend that was like her savior from her mom is now mad at her because she's been blowing her off for her new boyfriend which I'm kind of of two minds about on one hand it's like it's totally normal normal for someone to get a new spouse a new significant other and like not spend as much time with their friends that's what happens when you get into relationships especially new relationship Brie is really young um I believe this woman has a husband and multiple children right so like I understand this guy probably not wanting to come over and hang out at this person's house. Um, This girl, my understanding is that she's a little older than Brie. I think she's acting kind of weird. Um, Like, I, I think it's one thing to be like, hey, I haven't seen you. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how old this girl is, so it's like hard for me to judge. But my guess would be that this woman has a husband and children and she's been like really happy with the way that Brie has like folded herself into her life because if you hear like when this girl confronts Brie about it she's like well you were supposed to come over and you didn't and you used to come over all the time and you don't it's kind of all about like you coming to me you coming to me you coming to me and not about like I wanted us to all like go out for a double date and you wouldn't do it like it felt very like you're not coming to me so I kind of feel like she's mad because Brie had folded herself into her life and now I don't even know this girl's name but now that Brie is not doing that anymore she's upset and like I get that but at the same time like it's just what happens when people get into new relationships I think me in my 30s understands that more than I did in my 20s like 
when somebody gets into a new relationship, especially like at the beginning of it, like they're going to drop off a little bit. Now, if Brie is like totally falling off the face of the earth, like I get it. I also understand like the other side where if Brie is just like totally blowing her off, like refusing to communicate, like I can understand being like, hey, this what's up with this? This is weird. But I think that once you get older I mean I love my friends I have really close friends but I think the older you get the less you rely on people needing to be part of your like everyday life and so when your friends are getting your significant others you're getting serious in a relationship and you're not seeing them as much it's not so weird because you're not seeing them as much anyway because you're growing up so I'm curious how old that girl is it's just a lot different I feel like in your early 20s when your friend kind of falls off the face of the earth for her new boyfriend than when it happens in your 30s I'm not saying it's okay and that like you don't need friends or friends are important and not like I'm single obviously but I just think that like it's worth giving someone space I don't know I just think it's like kind of weird but I guess I'm also looking at it with like my current day eyes and not my younger self. I just think that somebody that's married would understand that. But also like Brie makes it seem like she hasn't done anything wrong at all. But I'm curious if Brie like I, I also can understand like if somebody's over your house every single day and is like obsessed with you and your best friend and you see them all the time and then they get a boyfriend and just like totally drop out of your life. Like what the fuck? <laughs> that's shitty. But I think that when you are married and you have a single friend and they suddenly don't want to play your third spouse or your second spouse, like you have to be okay with that. You know, like that's part of the gig. So that's really like the whole Brie storyline. So Kayla J. Apparently everybody's going on vacation this week. Like each segment is someone going on vacation. Kayla J. is going on vacation. She's going to Atlanta and... Uh, Mikhail is going to come to her apartment and watch Mecca, which seems great. That makes total sense. Uh, her friend is like, so is it just Mikhail that's coming? And Kayla's like, yep, just Mikhail. Girlfriend's not coming. And I'm like, mm, curious if that's true. But OK, I think that's fair, I guess, to not want the new girlfriend in your apartment. Um, that's, I think, another thing that comes with age. But as far as like Kayla not wanting this new girl in her apartment, fine. I think that's a totally fine boundary to draw. It's her apartment. She gets she gets to say who's there and who's not. I do think she's going to have to let go of that thing of like, I just want you to be with Mecca by herself. And like when you have somebody else around, like, I think that that is makes it makes total sense, right? Like it's totally fucking rational. You don't live with your child. You do not have that much time with your child. You live actually, in fact, three hours away from your child. So when you're with your child, you should be with your child by yourself. Like you should be dedicating your time to your child. It's just not realistic, even though it's like even though it makes sense. I don't know if I want to say it's rational, but it makes sense. It's not an unfair position to take where you're like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, can you just not bring your girlfriend around this kid for one minute? And I also understand like not wanting your kid exposed to every person that your your ex dates. That's totally fair, too, especially because it seems like Mikhail is going from zero to 100. He's already living with this girl. Mikhail, uh, you know, in the first episode, I was like, I think I like Mikhail. But now I'm getting like, um, some major like, I don't know if I want to say bum. I don't think that's fair, but because we really don't know much about him. But like, does Mikhail work? 
does Mikhail we know Mikhail live it seems like Mikhail goes from like girlfriend to girlfriend to like find a place to live um and then like relies totally on this girl it seems like first it was Kayla then he was dating someone else and now it's this new girl whose name I can't remember that's something that I find like a major red flag and I get why it annoys Kayla like I get why it upsets Kayla but it just I think after a while is just not something that's worth fighting over because you cannot control that, right? Like you cannot control who your ex has around your child to a a big extent. To a certain extent you can. Yes, I agree. To a certain extent, like you can control who is around your child. But when you share custody with someone, unfortunately, like their people are going to be around your kid and like wasting all of your energy fighting about this just doesn't seem like the most productive use of time in my opinion but I think it's fair to like be like you can't she's not she's not coming to my house like she doesn't need to come to my house like I don't want her in my house that's fine I I would bet Mikhail sleeps in Kale's bed if she's not there you know what I mean I doubt there's like three bedrooms in this house they probably live in a two-bedroom apartment and like I that's fair. Like, you're not coming to my house and fucking your girlfriend in my bed. Totally fine. But like, and I can, I can even understand maybe saying like, I don't necessarily want Mecca staying at this woman's house because I don't know her. But the reality is, is that Mikhail doesn't have another place to stay at. He doesn't get along with his family. He doesn't have his own spot and he lives with this woman. So like if you're sending Mecca to Philly, then she's going to be staying with Mikhail and the girlfriend that he lives with. Like that's just it. Like there, there's no way to get around that. So your choices are either stop sending her to Philly and that's it. She's not going to Philly unless you have your own place that you live at by yourself or just kind of accept it is what it is. And I think Kayla's waffling between those two and I I hope that she can get to a place where she kind of realizes like this is not necessarily the fight that I want to have now I'm not I want to be clear though like if she feels like it's not safe for her kids to be around this woman then that's totally different I also think that like kind of like what I was just saying with Leah it's very clear Mikhail like has these women around his children his child like in a second and that's not safe um statistically I'm not it look it is what it is right statistically it's much less safe to be bringing men in and out of a child's life it just is please if you're a men's right advocate stop listening to this podcast (laughs) don't dm me don't get in my instagram comments talking about blah 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 the reality is is that it's significantly safer for random women to be coming around your child than random men but that doesn't make it safe right we don't want just anybody coming around our kids so I'm not saying she needs to just like shut the fuck up and deal with it because Mikhail is obviously making some really rushed decisions. But I I do kind of think like she acknowledges that she thinks Mikhail is a good dad. She doesn't see it doesn't seem to be a safety issue is what I'm saying. Like she doesn't seem to be concerned about the safety aspect of it. And so if she's not concerned about the safety aspect of it, then I think it's just something that she needs to deal with. But the plan is she's going to go to Atlanta. Mikhail's going to come watch Mecca, take Mecca to school Monday. Sounds great. Mikhail calls up and is like, actually, I have something to do on Saturday. Can you bring the baby to Philly now? Who? What the fuck? She lives three hours away from Philly. Then I'm thinking, is every time that Mecca goes to Philly, is is, uh, Kayla the one that's driving her there? She must be because I don't know if Mikhail has a car. 
Because anytime like they show Mikhail around, they kind of talk about how Mikhail's driving Kale's car. Is she doing that? When I had that realization, I was like, oh, no. I mean, I guess good for her so the baby can see her dad. But like, no. And Kayla rightfully is like, no. (laughs) She's like, I'm not. I'm going to get. okay. I'll get somebody else to watch a kid. Mikhail flips out about this. And this is like, I do not like Mikhail anymore. Like, he is really, really selfish. The fact that he can sit here with a straight face and kind of act like Kayla's being the bitch because Kayla won't bring, won't drive her kid three hours out of her way so that, and then drive back so that you can watch. Like, that's nutty. That's really, it makes no sense. Even if, like, it is because of his girlfriend, like, I don't care. I'm on Kayla's side there. If you want to come see this kid, like, you need to come pick this kid up. Also, like, you have something to do on Saturday. What? What do you have to do on Saturday? Let me know. They didn't say what it was. At least I didn't hear it. They get into a huge fight over the phone about this. And, like, I don't really understand what it was about. Like, truly, they're going from having, like, a kind of normal conversation and then, like, screaming at each other. And I'm like, what the fuck is even happening? But... I'm on Kayla's side here. I think that she needs to, though, like, get get some more boundaries established with Mikhail because I think that she's, like, really desperate for Mikhail to be a dad to Mecca. And I think she does see that, like, by all accounts, like, he is a decent dad. But I think that she, like, really still has hope that he's going to come back to her. And she needs to be like, no, you're going to come pick her up if you want to spend the weekend. Like, she needs to not be. I think she I think she's too accommodating to Mikhail too much so that like when she does put her foot down, he flips the fuck out on her. And I think that that needs to end. Mm -mm. She needs to stop being so accommodating to him. All right. Let's talk about Kaya, who is also going out of town. They decide that they're going to go to the beach and they rent a big house uh, Tiaza, Kaya, and some of their friends. And Tiaza and Kaya get into a huge fight, which I, for the life of me, cannot follow. I was so confused. Basically, they're talking about how it's kind of confusing for people that they're not together but act together, which I have a problem with. I think it's so silly when people do that. Kaya's like, well, it's just too much stress when you make a relationship official. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, that's some dumb shit. Like, that's when I really have to remember how young they are I think they're 20 because I'm like you sound like an idiot when you say that like that's some real dumb shit like you live with this woman as far as I can tell you're raising a child together you call each other bae you say I love you and you're fucking hey guess what guess what you're in a relationship and adding a title to it and making your relationship less ambiguous is not going to make things more stressful this seems to be Tiaza's point of view as well. And they get into a huge fight about it that I guess is based on the fact that Tiaza is the one that broke up with Kaya. And Kaya is kind of just like, you know, you have me when you want me and then you drop me. I don't know. I was so confused as to how they just started screaming at each other. I'm not rooting for Tiaza and Kaya at all. I saw like... There are some people like Luke and Kayla, even though they're not great together, that I am kind of rooting for. And I think it's because they don't yell at each other. But like the way Tiaza and Kaya scream and it 
always seems to be started off by Kaya screaming and then Tiaza just like snapping back. I think I really like Tiaza is the issue. I think I feel really weirdly protective over Tiaza in some way. I think because she looks very young. <laughs> she looks to be about 15. So I'm like, stop yelling at her. She's a child. But I think they're the same age. I think it's because usually we see Kaya just like flip the fuck out. And so Tiaza's anger almost always seems to be a reaction to Kaya. So it's easier to be on Tiaza's side in a situation like that. But at the same time, like, I don't know if that's actually true, if that's just what we're seeing. I just think Tiaza seems nice, honestly, <laughs> in a way that I don't think Kaya is. <laughs> I bet Kaya's more fun to be friends with. Like, I bet you have fun when you go out with her. I bet she's like fun to get ready with and like to do things with. But I think Tiaza is just like a nicer person. Like I think Tiaza is nice and that's a quality I like in a person because I'm not very nice. So I like when somebody else is nice. <laughs> I just I worry about Tiaza and Kaya because I just don't see them being able to get away from one another. I think uh, much like Ashley and Barr, they are friends and they get along well a lot of the time. And then their fights are so bad and so explosive that I think it's going to be a long time. I also think I feel sad for Tiaza because I think that she is in such a disadvantaged position compared to Kaya. Um, I Like Kaya has a very loving mother and sister, right? Like she has support. She has a ton of friends. Like she seems to really have a nice, loving, caring support network that I'm not sure Tiaza has independent of Kaya. Like, we know Tiaza doesn't have a supportive family. She doesn't really seem to have another place to live. Did she move back into Kaya's? I think she did. She was living with her dad at some point. I don't know if she's still living there, but her dad is not a supportive person. Uh, I know we've seen her with like some of her cousins, so I think she does have friends outside of Kaya, but it definitely seems like Kaya is like the dominant one in their relationship and Tiaza lives as part of Kaya's life and not the other way around. And so I think that's another reason that I feel really protective of Tiaza because I feel like Kaya can leave Tiaza and be fine, right? Like she's not going to lose her place to live. She's also not going to lose her child because Tiaza is going to lose that child when they break up. And I just want Tiaza to get away from there. But I don't think she really has many options to get away, which is sad and hard. And it makes me feel sad for her. I want better for Tiaza. Okay, who's next? Let's talk about Kayla, who is... I don't know what the fuck is up with Kayla. <laughs> Kayla is like acting like she has no idea why Luke is upset that she let her ex-boyfriend get a DNA test. She's like, but I don't know. She's saying things between them are really bad right now and hard and it's her birthday. So she's going to go away with her girlfriends for her birthday. They're just going to like go to Chicago, but not go out anywhere and just run a place. And I'm like, I think you're going to go out. I think they were lying to MTV. So they also got exposed to COVID. And I'm like, where'd you get exposed? <laughs> where'd you get exposed to COVID? Because you guys made it seem like you just drove to Chicago, gotten it like a cool apartment for the night, got dressed up and had dinner in the apartment and then went to bed and came back home. But I'm sure they, I mean, why wouldn't they go out? Although I guess this was, hold on, let me see when Kayla's birthday is. Okay, now I know why. Her birthday is November 16th. So 
you know, that was like height of things getting really bad, that second wave. Um, so I'm sure she thought that this would air sooner. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, why wouldn't you go out? We're all triple vaxxed. Like, get with it. And then I have to remember, it's kind of crazy, like, just how fast we got vaccinated. I feel like I've been vaccinated forever. But yeah, she would have been judged for going out last November. So I see why she did that. But she's like, Luke and I aren't really talking and we got into a huge fight. So they get into a huge fight over the groceries as in, I guess, Kayla, like he, Kayla's going to the store. She asked Luke if he wanted anything. He said Coke and then she didn't get it. And then he like flipped out when she didn't. And he's like, it was just, why would you even ask? I hate to say I relate to Luke here. It's not one of my good qualities, but I really hate when somebody like will specifically ask me if I want something and then they don't do or get that thing for me. That that's a real pet peeve of mine. Like, don't ask me and get my hopes up if then that's not going to happen. And it's not a great quality. And Kayla's not wrong where she's like, okay, so instead of flipping out, why not just be like, hey, you forgot my Coke and I'll run back out and get it. And it's like, yeah, that is the right way to handle that. But (laughs) I guess what I'm saying is I understand the toxicity of Luke in that situation. So Kayla goes to Chicago. They're like all getting ready. And Luke call she is literally FaceTiming with the kids her dad's watching the kids because Luke has to work and while she's like FaceTiming with the kids Luke calls she's like oh hey I was just talking to the kids and he's like why'd you take me off your your friends list and they're talking about Snapchat I don't really understand Snapchat I really use Snapchat so Maria and I can keep our streak up but once Instagram stories happen you know millennials move to Instagram stories but as we all know, Gen Z is still super into Snapchat. And I guess he's talking about like close friend list, whatever the Snapchat version of that is. I piece this together via TikTok. By the way, did you know that kids on TikTok are calling their best friends their BSF instead of their BFF? Like their BS for best? That's tough. That, that no, I don't, I don't support that change. Um, but I, I'll have to ask the girls in my internship when I see them next if they're doing that. <laughs> I'm like a cultural anthropologist. Like we were talking about piercings. I'm like, do kids still get their belly buttons pierced? And apparently belly button piercing is back because I swear for a while it was out. Like nobody really cared about belly piercings from like 2010 to 2020. But I guess I guess belly button piercings are in again. Everybody go put your belly button piercing back in. What was I saying? I don't remember. Oh, so Luke calls. He's like, well, why the fuck do you take me off your story? Basically being like, I know you're out. Did you take me off your close friends list so that you could post without me looking? I think that's really what he's flipped out about. And Kayla's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, I'm sending you a... She holds her phone out to her friend and she's like, you see Luke on my list, right? And the friend's like, yeah. And she's like, Luke, I'm sending you a screenshot right now so that you can see this. Um, And then she gets a friend request from him. And she's like, dude, you unfriended me. (laughs) So I, I don't really know like how the friending and unfriending works on here. But I guess what happened is Luke either on purpose or accidentally unfriended Kayla and then assumed that she unfriended him, which is funny um Kayla says that this is something that they do with each other they like stalk each other social media to make sure that nothing's going on because they don't trust each other and that's really toxic and I'm like 
Hold the fucking phone. Hold the phone. I thought Kayla and Luke had a healthy relationship or healthy-ish, and I was really rooting for them. So now I'm confused as to, like, what the fuck is going on with Luke and Kayla? Have they Are they toxic? Have they always been toxic? Do they just not show it on this show? Have I just forgotten what last season was like? I do vaguely remember them being in Iowa or wherever, and he was, like, out partying when she was home with the kids. Like, I do remember that, but... I don't know. I feel like I've really been thrown out of left field. And I wonder if it's because they've always just kind of focused on the toxicity of Stefan. And so now that Stefan is like totally out of the picture, they have to focus on Luke and Kayla not being great with each other. I I felt lost there. Honestly, I felt I was like, what the fuck is happening? What are you guys talking about? Is this really has this always been an issue? But I guess I guess. They have issues. Uh, The girls get exposed to COVID, so they have to quarantine for however long, two weeks, I guess is probably what's going on that point, even though they're negative. And apparently this makes it really bad for Luke and Kayla. Um, Oh, this is when they talk about the soda fight. But basically, Kayla says like, well, you're mad about something, but you're making it about this soda. And that's stupid. Like, you need to tell me what you're actually upset about so that we can talk about it, which is totally fair. She says this has been a problem their whole relationship. He's like, that's just not the type of person I am. And that was annoying. Like, that's not an answer. (laughs) It's not an answer. It's not. If you want to be in a relationship with someone, that's not an answer. Um, He did agree, though, to go to counseling, which I was glad to see. Okay. Who is, is it just Rachel that's left? Yeah. Have we reached um, peak Rachel Beaver? This is now too upsetting to watch. Do you guys think that's happened? I kind of think it's happened. I'm a little, I'm a little worried that's happened because watching Rachel, like, have zero control over anything in her body essentially is really hard to watch really hard um the lack of Mallory being involved this season makes it less fun as well I don't know it's always been dark obviously but something about this season with Rachel I'm like maybe we've gone too far with the beavers maybe we've gone too far so in this episode Rachel is living with her friends still. Um, We see her go to McDonald's and order some food and she can't afford to pay for all of it. She has to take, she only has $10, orders $11, so she has to take a hamburger off. She does ask for a cheeseburger without cheese, which I found funny. (laughs) Just the way she was like, and like without cheese, like she didn't know what a hamburger was. (laughs) Now I want a hamburger. Um, But she is super broke and her the job that she wanted at the factory didn't work and her and her friend want to paint their room so she calls her mom and is like can you watch Hazley because I guess she does this first then she gets food whatever but she calls her mom's like can you watch Hazley so we can paint and she's not in the way and her mom's like yeah and then Rachel asks if she knows anybody with paint brushes and her mom is like no I don't know anyone with paint brushes And her mom's like, go buy one. They're 98 cents at the dollar store. Like, what do you go buy a paintbrush? And she's like, I can't. So she drops Hazley off and gets into another huge fight with her mom about the paintbrush. She's like, can I get money for a paintbrush? And her mom is like, well, no. And Rachel, she's like, 
Rachel brings up the fact that she just went and ate McDonald's and her mom's like, so you have money to get McDonald's, but you can't afford a paintbrush. And they get into a screaming fight in which Rachel's just losing her absolute mind over very little. And her friend is like, oh, my God. Her mom is like, oh, my God. Rachel's like, (laughs) I thought it was really funny. Rachel's like, I'm doing just fucking fine. And how are you doing? And Stephanie goes, you just asked me to pay for a 98 cent paintbrush and you can't afford it. Like I'm doing fine. (laughs) God. And she gets, Rachel gets back in the car with her friend and her friend is like, you shouldn't have done that. And she's like, shut the fuck up and drive basically like flips out at her friend. I'm like, Oh, guess Rachel will not be living there very much longer. And actually, I really like Rachel's friend. So Rachel's friend confronts her after the fact and is like, you handled that wrong. And Rachel's like, no, you just don't get it. You don't get it. She's the worst. She like wasn't there for me for nine years. And now she thinks she can talk to me this way. And her friend's like, I understand. But like, you can't treat people that way. It just escalates everything. It makes everything bad. And Rachel's like, you do that. You talk to people that way. And her friend's like, well, Okay, but like I'm I'm talking about like specifically what happened with your mom and how if you keep doing this, people like you're going to push everyone away. And Rachel goes, no, I won't. I won't fucking do that. And I'm like, Rachel, you are biting the hand that feeds right now. It is it was hard to watch this scene. She really just looked like a three year old. Rachel has major, major coping issues. I mean, she has no coping abilities like watching her just like go into these rages um watching her flip out at her friend she's like pretty nicely approaching her and Rachel not being able to self-reflect at all I think her friend you know Rachel snapped at her initially went right after the fight but then she seemed to wait and calm down and like wait to confront Rachel which is exactly right she's really reasonable and it's just like you just you can't do this like this isn't helping you it's not helping anyone and instead of Rachel being like yeah, you're right. Like, I hate that I react this way. I don't want to act this way. I just do. I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, Rachel triples down. And I'm like, well, I guess you don't want to live with this girl anymore. <laughs> oh, gosh, Rachel. I, I she's, It's hard to watch. All right. Let's move on to OG, which was a stale ass episode. A stale episode. Um, We can start with Macy, who... Look, I feel really fucking bad for Macy. She is not doing well. This PTSD is not good. Like, she seems to be in a really bad place. I really feel for her. But how many episodes can we have on this? You know, it's like her PCOS. It's like her endometriosis. Which one is it? I don't know. It's like, yeah, that sucks. I feel for you. That sucks that you have that. It's great you're doing advocacy. I don't care to watch it. And that's kind of where I am. We can only have so many episodes where she's talking about the same thing. And that's all that's going on. You know, bring back the Edwards. Like, bring back the Edwards. What are we doing here without the Edwards? So she's describing anxiety to Bentley. Bentley is describing anxiety right back to her. Macy doesn't seem concerned whatsoever that Bentley has a really good understanding of anxiety. I guess maybe she already knew, though. I mean, she's had Bentley in therapy for over a year. So I'm assuming that she knows Bentley has anxiety, which is why she's, like, talking to him about it like this. But I don't know, man. I don't know. That's really all there is to say about Macy. Like, I I don't know how this show goes forward with Macy. She has no, like, she has less than no storyline. 
there and there doesn't seem to be potential for storyline that's the thing like this episode was pretty dry like kate kate's whole storyline is taking the passy away from veda which by the way i saw read a post that was like how dare caitlin take that away from her that's veda's coping mechanism what if someone tried to take smoking away from kate which is her coping mechanism and it's like okay veda's about to be three years old it's okay that they're taking the pacifier from her and if they didn't you know everyone would be like kate is such a lazy piece of shit mom i can't believe she still lets her baby have the pacifier um that was truly the whole episode taking the pacifier from her there's nothing else to talk about with that uh kate's reluctant to do it but she does it and they do it successfully so i was happy for them but uh oh so like but we know there's potential in kate's storylines right like butch is always somewhere about to pop up like there's always something that could happen amber had a like everybody had dry storylines but i feel like with macy without the edwards like there's nothing that even could happen that would be worth watching, which is a good testament to Macy, right? Because it means her life is pretty in check, but it's not good for teen mom. It's just not good for teen mom. Okay, let's chat about Cheyenne, who got engaged. So it's the day for Sprinkle, which is a huge party. <laughs> It's really pretty. I really like how it was done. They have these pretty like brownish balloon arches. They have these teddy bears. That thing costs a lot of money. Here's the thing though. I feel like people forget that Cheyenne's probably main source of income, possibly making more money on Instagram than Teen Mom OG. Like Cheyenne's an influencer. She gets paid to post nice pictures. Like when you're an influencer, like your job is to throw these ridiculous, unnecessary parties that cost more than a wedding. Like that's your job. Uh, I feel like I've read, mentioned Reddit a lot. Somebody posted like a breakdown based on event planner. Like she's an event planner or something and what she thought it might cost. It was like $25,000. Which also kind of seems spot on, but she was like, I don't think they got comp for this because the venue wasn't mentioned, blah, blah, blah. But I think that she was probably not including the fact that Cheyenne tagged everyone and on Instagram mentioned everybody's names and on Instagram posted all about it. I would bet most of the things that we see on the show that are not directly mentioned by name are not comped for the show, but they are comped because of Instagram. Um, This is Cheyenne's job to post shit like this, to throw these parties and post shit like this. This is how she gets followers. That's how she maintains followers. That's how she gets engagement. Like that's, that's what they do. And so when I see people like complaining about the party and how ridiculous it is, it's like, yeah, it is ridiculous. Like I'm not going to deny that. It's fucking ridiculous, but it's just what she does for a living. So it makes it feel less egregious to me. It's she's not doing anything different than any other Instagram influencer is doing. Now we can talk about the toxicity of Instagram influencing. Sure, we can do that. But for me, as somebody that like follows influencers, scrutinizes this stuff, it just isn't that it isn't like that noteworthy, I guess. Okay, I went back to look at the post, uh, the engagement post, the sprinkle post. She has lots of people tagged. She has the flowers tagged. She has what I think the photographer is tagged. The ring maker is tagged. In all of the posts of the ring, there's 
like specific. Listen to this. This is a free ring or a very comped ring. So in love with my engagement ring. Zach put so much love into designing my dream ring with the diamond reserve. The diamond reserve helped Zach get educated, ensuring he picked the perfect diamond. He was able to create he was able to custom design my ring to ensure it was everything I dreamed of and more. They also helped in getting the exact mini version made for Ryder. My reaction says it all. Zach and the Diamond Reserve, you have outdone yourself. So it got two tags. Like, that's a fucking, that's a fucking sponsored post, guys. <laughs> so she definitely got, I would guess the venue got comp because she had it on camera. Oh, here's the actual sprinkle post. Oh, she doesn't have as many tags in this. I'm surprised. Oh, nope, nope, nope. Just kidding. <laughs> she didn't have the tags, but she has baby a sprinkle. Thank you to everyone who helped us create this perfect day. And then when you do select more, here's what she has tagged. Planner, rentals, flora, florals, extra large bears, desserts, balloons, arch wall, charcuterie, ball pit, photo booth, photography, videographer, dress, hair, makeup. Guys, that shit's all free or like majorly reduced. Anybody who gets a tag majorly reduced or free. She's not paying sticker price for this because she can she can leverage her. Let's see how many followers she has. 1.6 million followers. She gets okay engagement. Uh, it kind of looks like really dependent on what she's posting. Oh, she actually gets pretty good. It's weird. Some of it she gets like when she posts something that's an obvious ad, she's getting under 10k likes. But when she's posting family stuff, she's getting good likes. She posted a picture of her and the kids and Zach and she got 145,000 likes. She's getting almost a thousand comments. Oh, she's regularly getting over 150,000 likes. Yeah, that like that gets you a free fucking balloon arch that normally is however much. <laughs> Remember balloon drama on TikTok? Were you guys following that last year? Jay, my friend Jay messaged me. He's like, I have a memory about like his Twitter memories or whatever about he was the balloon drama. He's like, what was that? And I was like, oh, I know exactly what that was. A woman who makes balloon arches was charging a certain amount of money that TikTok felt was unacceptable. And so everybody was fighting about it for a month. <laughs> I want to see. OK, hold on. I want to see the engagement, what she got. Oh, she got almost 550,000 likes and almost 10,000 comments on her engagement post. Like her big events, her big news stuff is getting major influencer engagement. This is what she does for a living. It's cheap. And this is what, this is, you know, what she gets. The baby announcements, 500,000 likes. So when we see her throw this extravagant stuff, like we need to remember, even if it's not being obviously paid for because of the TV, it's being paid for because of Instagram. She doesn't live a life like the rest of us live. <laughs> this is what influencers do. That was what I, the spiel I needed to get off my chest. If you see someone tagged by an influencer on an event they did, consider that free. Um, It's very, the, the proposal's really nice. It was exactly what Shai wanted, which made me happy. Zach got her a big, beautiful ring um, that was free, clearly. <laughs> a big, beautiful, free or very discounted ring. He also got Cheyenne, like, or excuse me, Ryder, an exact replica. I would imagine cubic zirconia. I wouldn't think that it's a real diamond. Um, I kind of wonder if this is a lab grown diamond, which I don't say is a judgment. Like end blood end blood end blood diamonds, right? I really liked the neutral brown motif of the 
wedding or the wedding <laughs> the sprinkle because I am a trendy bitch and I like trends and neutrals and browns are in right now so I'm seeing a lot of them and thinking oh I love those their wedding is gonna be insane <laughs> their wedding is gonna be so fucking over the top and I for one am excited for it <laughs> whatever I don't like I like watching weddings on tv I like watching people plan that okay so Amber, um, Amber is talking about school and I actually found this to be pretty interesting, kind of sad, kind of not. Amber is talking about the fact that she is trying really hard in school. It's like taking up her whole life, which yeah, I get that. That's, I definitely felt that way when I first went back to grad school. I was like, oh, this is everything in my entire life. Like I... <laughs> I don't really know how to deal with this. Thankfully, I started in like the midst of the pandemic, so I wasn't doing anything anyway. But Amber is kind of obsessed with her grades and being a perfectionist, which I think I get. Look, as somebody that struggled my whole life in school and like never did well in school and was never able to do well in school, once I went to to grad school and actually tried and got really good grades, I kind of got like obsessed with getting good grades. And I got this weird perfectionist thing, which I really don't have anywhere else in my life. But I was like, I have to be like, I have to get a 100 on everything. I got a 93 on a paper and I fucking spiraled um, because it might, I mean, I assume this is everybody's school, right? Like if you get an A minus, like if you get a 90 to a 92, that's a 3.75 GPA, right? Like once you're in an A minus territory, you're no longer in a 4.0. And I was, and I only have like four grades a, a semester for each class. And so I was like, oh my God, I got a 93 on this. Like, this is so bad. I'm going to, if I don't like do perfect from now on out, I'm going to get an A minus in this class. There goes my 4.0. That's the only thing I care about. And it was so unhealthy and it was so irrational. I still don't know how to fix it. But like when you start being rewarded for something that you're trying hard on for the first time in your life, it becomes really hard not to want to be perfect. And I think that's what Amber's struggling with. Um, it worries me. Amber apparently has already dropped half her classes, which suck. She does say that she is planning on becoming a doctor, which she meant PhD, guys. I keep seeing people be like, she thinks she's going to be a doctor, a fucking idiot. She can't, she can't be a doctor. I'm like, as like medical doctor, she's talking about being a psychologist, a forensic, well, first of all, forensic psychologist, which like, okay, okay, Amby. Um, look, Amber's not getting a PhD. It's very unlikely Amber's getting a PhD. I hope Amber's able to graduate from college. But I think I talked about this before. Like, I don't really care if Amber wants to pretend like she's like definitely going to get a PhD and that's definitely her plan. It doesn't hurt anyone. This is like school is the one positive thing Amber seemingly ever done in her life. And I'm not going to shit on her for it. So she's dropped after classes. OK, she was probably signed up for too many in the first place. This girl hasn't been in school since she was 16 years old. She should probably start with one class. Really, her going right into that four-year university, that for-profit four-year university, was probably a bad idea. She probably should have started a community college with one single class. I think that would have been a much better idea for her. Like a basic English or math class, like the the ones that like you can test out of usually, like that's the type of class that she should have started with to not overwhelm herself. I think that she probably didn't quite realize what she was getting into, but like I'm happy for her that she's doing school. And I like, it does, it's sad to hear her say that she like is always called stupid and lazy. I mean, I like, that's me projecting basically. 
What I'm saying is I can relate to what Amber's going through and I understand why she's having an issue. And I know it sounds ridiculous that someone who dropped out of high school and has seemingly shown no interest in education is upset that she got to be in something. I know that, but it's not coming from a rational place. Uh, she talks to her psychiatrist about it, which once again, I'm like, get this girl a therapist, please. Somebody, somebody get this girl a therapist. <laughs> I, I, I am the um, I'm curious if she's still in school has she been talking about it on Instagram I can't really handle her Instagram so I'm not I'm not sure all right let's talk about Mackenzie who is spiraling <laughs> so the parenting expert lady is still there Gannon comes home she calls Gannon on the phone and she's like you need to come home you're grounded for a week I'm taking your phone he's like okay I don't care <laughs> this lady was so nice she was so obviously strength-based she was so like I was actually like happy for Mackenzie by the way Janelle like did this whole defense Mackenzie this week <laughs> Of course, of course. But I was really happy for Mackenzie that this woman was there. She was like, it's okay. She had an accent that I couldn't place. Did anybody else notice that? I kind of wonder if she maybe, like, it almost sounded Eastern European. At first, I thought it was Southern, but just couldn't place it. But she was like, it's okay. Kids want to play. <laughs> It's really nice of her. Uh, Josh gets home and Mackenzie goes into her room and she's like, Mackenzie and Josh are in there. Oh my God, my power just went out. What the fuck? Oh, it just came back on. Oh, but now it looks like it's not coming back on. There, there, it's not windy out. It's not rainy. There's truly no reason for us not to have power. Oh my God. Yep, it didn't actually come back on. Great. Good thing my computer's fully charged. <laughs> uh, I lose power for like days at a time for truly no reason. This will be really annoying and I don't have my fucking car. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, everyone. That's really goddamn annoying. Okay, where was I? Um, That was some some live drama for you and came back on <laughs> now this this show is just does lifts have power or not let's just hope it stays on I can't deal with this okay so Josh comes home and they go into her bedroom and she's like the kids hate me and he's like no they don't she goes yes they do and he goes okay I'm not fighting with you um <laughs> these two are so unhealthy she's like I'm not fighting I'm just saying the kids hate me I can't imagine being married to either one of them. Josh is such an asshole. Mackenzie's such a victim. It must be exhausting. They talk with a parenting counselor about the fact that Jaxie has to be held back. Um, Max says something like they want her to do a tutoring program over the summer and that's just not happening. And I'm like, why not? <laughs> why is it not happening, Mackenzie? What? What? Why? Could, could you let me know? I don't know if she's saying like they want her to do a tutoring program over the summer or she has to get held back. Like she like if she doesn't do it, she'll be held back. And if she does, she won't be because one would think that like if your school is coming to you with if if twice in one month 
your uh, your child's school, a child's school is coming to you to tell you that your children are not ready to advance to the next grade. You think you would say, hmm, I think some things need to change. <laughs> I think I need to make some changes. And if both of those professionals seem to suggest some sort of summer school program, which is what the child psychologist that came to talk to Bronx suggested and is now at Jackson School is suggesting, one would think the answer is, yeah, I should do that. I, I should have them do that. Now, is it a child care issue that she needs the kids to be at summer camp so that she can work? I, like, I don't know if it's that, but I feel like if it's that, then fucking hire a babysitter to be at home with her. Like, I don't know. Mac has money. She's not like Richie Rich, but she has money. I I feel confused over Mackenzie's parenting choices. I do. When I heard her say that, I was like, why would the tutoring program not happen? Then I got really confused because Gannon was talking about the fact that there's like a seven-year-old in first grade who can read. I don't really know. And the the parenting lady was like, well, she's still really young. And I was like, wait, is Jaxie young for her grade? She's not. She's chronologically on age for her grade. I think it's totally fine to be held back, um, especially if she's not ready. Another thing to consider is that these kids moved states in the middle of the pandemic after we know they weren't going to school in Oklahoma. Remember, after Angie died, Mackenzie almost had to go to the truancy court because her kids weren't going to school. Um, so that was when Jaxie was in, I guess Jaxie was in kindergarten then. Then they, yeah, okay. I was like trying to think of the timeline. So that's when Jaxie's in kindergarten. Then they moved to Florida in September. So school's already been going on for a month-ish in Florida at this point. She moves to school in September, starts at a new school in first grade, and now she's not totally ready to go into the next grade. It makes sense. I mean, besides the fact that like we're in a situation right now where kids are having major maturity issues because they've been out of school for a significant, like out of in-person school for a significant amount of time. I keep seeing TikToks about it. Like I saw this one really interesting one of a third grade teacher filming just herself like her kids aren't in it. Um, doing songs with her class you can just hear their voices and she's using kindergarten and first grade songs in a third grade setting and she's doing that because she's found that the maturity of her students is just really behind this year because they haven't been in in in-person school in a year and a half and that makes total sense right like so to me the idea that like be I don't much I don't know how much COVID is affecting these kids in Florida (laughs) Because I think they've been in person in Florida for a while. (laughs) I don't know if that's a real Florida effect at this point in time, especially like where they are in Florida and Sarasota. But as far as like Jaxie individually, it makes total sense that she wouldn't be ready to move on. And who cares? Right. Well, I mean, obviously, (laughs) like I care, but it's not a huge deal to have to do first grade twice. I looked her birthday's in February. She's not going to be significantly older than the rest of the kids. She'll be about six months older than her grade. That's not a lot. It's it's fine. If Jackson needs to be held back for her maturity's sake and her education sake like that's the choice to make but if the school wants you to do summer tutoring do the fucking summer tutoring I feel like I'm on good authority when I speak about this because I was a kid that had learning disabilities and like had issues and like when your kids have issues like you have to go the extra mile and I don't think Mackenzie wants to 
Um, the parenting instructor, I don't know what she was exactly. She was really nice. At the end, she really compliments Josh and Mackenzie for being good at family time. She said with a lot of her families, she's kind of like begging the parents to spend more time with the kids. And that's clearly not the case. I was like, okay, yes, you strength based lady. Like that's, she was just really, she was really nice. I think this style works really well with Mackenzie because I don't think she has a lot of people in her life ever who have been like really uh, like supportive of her and like verbally supportive of her. We know how her mom spoke about her. So I would love to see Mackenzie to be in some regular therapy with supportive people that are really into like positivity and not toxic positivity, but like pointing out her strengths and her resiliency. I think that would really help her. But as far as this parenting lady goes, she's like, well, I think you're doing great family time, but you two need to be on the same page. <laughs> Basically being like Josh McKenzie, you're not partners. God. Oh, I feel so bad for McKenzie's kids. I really do. All right, everyone. I hope you have a great week. If you want to hear more from me, come to my Patreon. It's called Liz Explains It All and I talk about everything. I think you'll really like it. I hope everyone has a fun and a safe and a happy Halloween and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.